uh, records. And uh, I think there's a podcast where I talk about this, but the first song that really opened my eyes in my life was Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. And I remember being so terrified of that song. It was, the image, the images were just so vivid, you know, that love um, burned you and that there were those mariachi horns that came in in the song and you just kept going down, down, down. And I remember being so frightened by that. But it also was, you know, like the great experience of my life. And that opened up my eyes. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Set Lustig Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. We are day two of Rockin' the Suburb week. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, Rockin' the Suburb is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Jim and Patrick have done a great job of over 800 episodes and Going Strong, where they talk a little bit about everything um, music wise uh, they are um, just someone I really admire and they are doing a live event coming up in Virginia this week on um, March the 4th on Wednesday and uh, so if you are in the Virginia area near Vienna Virginia uh, March 4th, they will be at Jammin' Java, so please go and check that out and tell them um, Set Lessing Bruce sent you, that Jesse sent you. But in honor of that, I am going to um, take the times that Jim and Patrick have been on the show and reissue them, kind of in honor of that, to celebrate um, their live week. So here is... Um, when I've already, yesterday we talked to Jim. Today we're going to talk about the time I had Patrick on the show. So please enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Set Listening Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today, I've completed the set. I had Jim from Dad Rock. <laughs> and now I'm having Patrick from Dad Rock. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? Hey, Jesse, how are you, man? Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm just so happy. Um, I'm going to do everything I can for us not to spend about 20 minutes talking about Brave Combo. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast. Jesse. It is. I think we need to start that. <laughs> uh, because um, you're one of the first people I've ever heard of outside of the DFW area that knows who they are. Isn't that funny? And and I was so uh, lucky, uh, you know, to um, have number one met you uh, earlier this month, and number two have been on a of a, a little bit of a dad rock tour um, for for our podcast. Um, thanks to USA Today, and we we came to Dallas and had such a nice time, and um, you know went to Deep Ellum and visited all these places, and then we had breakfast with you the next morning, and you're such a a wonderful person and I want to thank you again for having me on the show and we totally bonded over Brave Combo and and it's funny because those are that was one of those bands where um and and I was talking about this with Jim uh the other day how you know you buy a record based on the cover of the record and you're, you have no idea what it is but I remember buying um Brave Combo's Polkatharsis album <laughs> just thinking this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life and they're so incredible like they're so good what I find interesting is Sarah Hickman was opening for Miss Molly and the Whips okay we we kind of fell in love with Sarah Hickman mm. she opened for Brave Combo and we oh. you know and so we saw Sarah perform and then and this was about the time that Polkatharsis was coming out Okay. Um, uh, Early days. Yeah. yeah, my you know, Happy Wanderer and mm -hmm. Who Stole My Kishka, and <laughs> and all of a sudden, Patrick, these because we were at this venue that used to be a bank, 
and it was Ellen's redo on Greenville, and it had great really? acoustics. And all of a sudden, people started moving the chairs and the <laughs> tables back. Oh, that's awesome. And my wife and I are like, what is going on? They came out. We're going to polka. Yeah. yeah, we're going to polka. <laughs> um, and so I had shared with you when we had breakfast that yeah. my son's now 27. Yeah. And he was like, we need to go see Brave Combo again, because as a kid, I have pictures of him. You know, Dad, it's always a good time to polka. And we would <laughs> what go. What a good son, Jeff. Yeah, we would go to polka fest, <laughs> like down where the polka festival in Ennis, Texas. And when the first time he saw a Christmas tree lot mm-hmm. you know this he's like three or four like polka it's <laughs> like oh no not every not every tent has a polka band in it right um, it's a new christmas tradition in the household yes. <laughs> so i will include a couple of um links in the show notes oh, uh, yes. if you have not heard of brain combo yes um and then we'll get to bruce i promise they are from denton texas um, they have been doing this for years. In fact, they just um, celebrated uh, and they did a live show at Dan Silverleaf up in Denton. Um, they were part of the they did part of the music for David Burns uh, True Stories, I Is think that was the movie. Right? Yes. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. A series of like tall tales on right. film. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the question I forgot to ask you, Jesse, and and yes, folks, we will get to Bruce. Yeah. Um, where is Denton in relation to Dallas? That's what I didn't know. Yeah. So it is um, north of us. Okay. Um, maybe f- 20 minutes at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Louisville, which is just north of the DFW airport. Okay. Yeah, geography. Uh, yeah. Podcast. <laughs> and if and you go straight up 35, you will run it. Geography. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, University of North Texas is up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a huge music um, school, so that's where they started. And yeah. they do they do rock and roll polka. It isn't a parody at all. Uh, Carl Finch, no, who is the head of the band, has a really good ear for hearing. You know, I think this standard would do well as a oh, waltz. You're right. Yeah, and you know, like if Anyone out there, you know, and in my opinion, wants to start somewhere, look up Brave Combo's cover of People Are Strange by The Doors, because it's such a brilliant interpretation of that medley. You know, it's just it's genius. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down, when you're strange. They just come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange When you're strange people are strange Patrick is part of the USA Today uh, Dad Rock uh, yep. podcast And they did just do have you, are, have you recovered from the road trip? You know, Jesse, I'm just over the South by Southwest slash road trip flu. <laughs> so I'm finally starting to feel human again. Yeah, it was it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we were really lucky to be able to to visit all those towns. And then um, I got to admit, a man of my age was pretty tired when I got down to Austin. <laughs> so we did see a lot of fun shows there and um, fell in love with Margot Price, uh, who's a country singer. Um you know, crushed on her a little bit, saw some really fun bands, and yeah, we we had a great time. Um, I won't sign up for that again, but uh, it was I, great. That was going to be my <laughs> next question. There's a whole series of podcasts and blogs on this. Uh, basically, Jim and Patrick and their trusty sidekicks, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> got, they rented a, a baked potato, as they say in the <laughs> RV world. It was, yeah. An Airstream, and they... Instead of flying, you know, they took this and went through all these different cities, uh, you know, Memphis and Nashville and South Carolina. And mm-hmm. so what should have been, I guess, a half day travel <laughs> uh, ended up yeah. being a week. Right. Yeah, that's right. It was it was it was uh, 
Yeah, it was a total of uh, seven days. Asheville, North Carolina also was great. And we had such a great time in Dallas. Um, you know, we went to Deep Ellum, as I said, and saw some really nice clubs. And we saw um, heavy metal mariachi band. <laughs> and, uh, and we had uh, we had a great breakfast and we slept in the, the campground there in Dallas, which is really nice. Um, better than Memphis, where we were the night before when... Um, we thought the river might come up on our trailer, so we had to do a kind of a kamikaze move with our iPhone flashlights and get it out of there because there's flooding in in Arkansas and uh, Tennessee. So um, that was the one night we stayed in a hotel. But other than that, it was it was a great trip and uh, had a lot of fun in Austin. Yeah, and I guess if you could have had a week to recover, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, as time passes, you might remember all the fun part of it. Right. And, you know, and you might go, OK, well, maybe we do do this again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the tails are going to grow taller. But as I told you, Jesse, when we met up next next time, if we do it again, if we do the road trip, which yeah. I think we should do. But I think when we all get down to Austin, we all sort of, you know, sleep for a week, like you said, yeah. <laughs> and then we go to the festival. But we're going to pick we're going to pick one of our uh, our dedicated um, you know, solid people in each town. And we're going to pick you up in Dallas and drive you down to Austin. Oh, nice. So, so get ready. Yeah. That, that, that. sounds fun. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's go back to your origin story. Sure. So where did you grow up? Uh, what kind of music did you listen to, your family listened to? Um, and then we'll get to your Bruce story. Absolutely. And um, thanks for asking. Um, I have kind of an unusual story, I guess, in some ways. I was raised mostly by my mother um, and I, I grew up where I live now in northern Virginia. And I've, I've certainly seen it change a lot. Um, but I was essentially raised by my mother and uh, some very strong female presences in my life. My grandmother, Sadie, uh, who my oldest daughter is named after my aunt and uh two aunts who were very strong and my mom um my my father unfortunately i lost when i was five years old so i didn't really know him so i grew up with this really strong uh sort of female element and i've always carried that through my life and i think there's a lot of synchronicity in the fact that i have three daughters um who are now let's see 26 22 and 16 and if anybody wants to trade the uh, 16-year-old problems for, like, the five-year-old problems, I'd be happy to do that right now. Awesome. Um, living through my third female daughter has just about done me in. Well, but, and Patrick, you do <laughs> know that it gets better. I mean, I, with your two yeah, oldest, do. you do know do. that there is um, – we only had the one. He is now 27. Right. Um, you've been through it, I know. It is. It is just um, – in fact, I, I share that with a lot of – people I meet. In fact, we've talked on a couple of times of the podcast where I've had fans that have teenage sons and daughters and yeah. I kind of tell them, you know, you'll they'll get past it and you get to be you you do a different relationship, but getting through it is not easy. You know, and it's so funny you say that, Jesse, because I was as I was listening uh today, I was listening to one you did recently with and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, but he was an English teacher and um, he taught some he taught Thunder Road, I think, in one of his classes. Yes. Poetry, Jay. Right? Yeah. Jay. And such a great story that he was like um, he was trying to, like, teach Springsteen to like 16 year olds and 17 year olds. Yes. And I thought, God bless you, man. What a great man you are for doing that. You know, like that's exactly the experience I had that was so magical. And I just I thought it was so great that he was doing that. But but basically, Jesse, he was, you know, surrounding himself with these teenagers all the time. And I just can't imagine having the strength to do that. Right. Either. (laughs) So crazy. So anyway, yeah, um, my mom and my aunts and and the big turning point for me was Johnny Cash. My mom had a collection of Johnny Cash. uh, records and uh i think there's a podcast where i talk about this but the first song that really opened my eyes in my life was ring of fire by johnny cash and i remember being so terrified of that song it was the image the images were just so vivid you know that love um burned you and that 
there were those mariachi horns that came in in the song and you just kept going down, down, down. And I remember being so frightened by that. But it also was, you know, like the great experience of my life. And that opened up my eyes to music um, that it had the power to to frighten and move you um, so immediately. And that was my kind of introduction to music. And um, I came of age in the early 1980s. So um I was lucky enough to experience a lot of different things. I was very influenced by punk music, but also at the same time, uh, uh, The Who and Bruce Springsteen were my like guiding lights through through it all. Do you remember the first time you heard Bruce? I do. Okay. And uh, I was thinking about this today, um, and, and it's gonna it's gonna seem weird um, what I'm about to say, but. Um, I was really lucky in the sense that uh, I was I was uh, and, and this is the other thing, too, not to and I'll answer the question really quickly. And, and we can edit this because it's a podcast. But, um, uh, you know, uh, the same episode I was just talking about. Right. Yeah. You guys got onto the theme of did you have an older brother and your responsibility? Right. An older brother was to turn your siblings on. So unusual for me. um my dad, as I said, I lost when I was really young and didn't really know him, but I had two uh, older half brothers and half sisters. And I remember uh, a day that I was reading a, uh, an old copy of I was messing around in my my mom and dad's uh, room, uh, you know, and it's still my dad's things in my mom's room, essentially, when I was about, I don't know. Uh, 12, 13 years old, something like that. And I remember coming across a Life magazine with a profile of my brother, my half brother, right? And he uh, he was in a he turned out to be an Episcopalian minister of all things, and he was working at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor at the time, and he was using uh, the Who's Tommy as his parable, and he also talked about um, the influence of a young singer songwriter who had played in Ann Arbor called Bruce Springsteen, and um, he had an album out and at the time, you know, this is an article was probably like eight, nine years old, right? Sure. I thought Bruce's first album or like current album was Greetings from Asbury Park. I didn't know that he had like other records out. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I actually talked to my mom about this and uh, and she was like, oh, sure. And um, what she did was sign me up for the Columbia Record House Club. You, which uh, was yes. like the worst, <laughs> you know, 12 albums for a penny, yet you're entered into this like contract of indentured servitude, essentially. So the first album I ever got was Greetings from Asbury Park, and I still have that record, even though Born to Run was out and, you know, all this other stuff was out. And um, that that was the first record. And interestingly enough, at the time, Manford Mann had had a hit with Blinded by the Light. Yes. So that was kind of my introduction um, to Springsteen. Although, you know, when I got a little older and when he really started to matter to me, um, nowadays I look back and be like, that's weird that I <laughs> like a weird Bob Dylan sort of imitation record he was kind of doing. But that was isn't that weird? That was my first. That, that uh, is. Um... Yeah picked up the river and was like, mm-hmm. wow. And like everyone else, hungry hard on the radio yep. and kind of found things. So, um, yeah, it is weird. weird. You know, in 84, the world discovered him and. Right. And I was right there with him. Yeah. Yeah. That was my world too. And, um, you know, I was working at a record store, uh, at the time. And I talk about this a lot on, on our podcast, yeah. you know, at music land and, um, just to to experience what happened when that um, when that record blew up, and that was my my first Bruce concert. I was so lucky that um, you know I had an older friend who worked at the record store uh, who lived in Falls Church where I grew up, and uh, he knew another guy who was such a Springsteen fanatic. This guy called Jerry Richard, and he was kind of my Springsteen mentor, and. Uh, he was so into Bruce and how big he thought he was going to be and correctly that he bought tickets to one of the, you know, legendary Bruce Springsteen did 10 shows at the Meadowlands to announce, you know, to start the Born in the USA tour. And we had tickets to the third night. And that was the first time I ever saw him. And it was wow. just incredible. 
I mean, it was one of the most formative experiences of my whole life. <laughs> and uh, he did Tom Waits' Jersey Girl that night, which, you know, which later yeah. became, a, you know, a standard for him. But that mm-hmm. was, I think, the first or second time he'd ever done it. And um, gosh, you know, maybe my memory is um, clouded with rose colored glasses. But I just remember hearing that. But I also remember, um, you know, so many songs. We were actually sitting on the side of the stage. So we got about one third of the show when Bruce turned our way <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be yeah. charitable to everyone else. But those moments were incredible. And it was during um, it was during Cadillac Ranch that I remember very specifically when he turned toward us and and Clarence had the real big, deep, you know, sort of baritone saxophone mm-hmm. <laughs> during that song. It was ah, a magical moment. Um, amazing. Yeah, that, that was a great story. Uh, well, how about you? How many times have you seen him? You know, I've seen Bruce Springsteen, and I worked hard on this, Jesse, seven times. Okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know what's weird about it, and I'll talk about this as we, as we, as we, yeah. you know, get further into my psyche. The last time I saw him mm-hmm. was on the Tunnel of Love tour. Wow. Right? Isn't that interesting? And I, it I, is. And you know, in a couple of the pods that I listened to, you know, today, and I'm trying to be a good a good podcast listener. And also you guys crank it. I mean, you've cranked out so many good episodes and unfortunately, like it's interesting too. And this is a, you know, a little bit of a sidelight. Um, Jesse, these days it's like podcasts are like great records to me. Right. Yes. Uh, I didn't know about your podcast until Jim told me. Right. And, yeah. and you had Jim on as a guest and that's a great episode. I would encourage everyone who, uh, wants to understand this podcast and also dad rock to go back and listen to Jim yes. Lenahan's episode. Right. And you can put the pieces together. As Jesse said, you've completed the set now. Yes. But, now um, I'm shooting for Mary. <laughs> oh, we got to get married. Mary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I'm not sure. How, but Mary's Springsteen history, well, that'd be a really good show. Well, and, uh, I would listen to that in a second. Yeah. And I also just her just because you don't have to be a Springsteen fan. I do the other shows, but I just, um, yeah, I joked that I want to get, Everyone that was from USA Today that went to the show, <laughs> right? You know, I just want to yeah. collect the whole set. Shannon and uh, yeah. Jess and the whole crew. That'd be exactly. So good. Yes. Yeah, we can we can make that happen. Okay, good. Um, but what I was gonna say was one, you know, one of the ones I was listening to recently. So so essentially to step back, you know, what you do is, oh man, I just found out about this great band. I gotta go back and listen to all their albums. You know, yes. So you so you slowly start to consume them. And one of the interesting themes that came up to me was, you know, number one is how many times you've seen Bruce, a badge of your Springsteen fandom. Really interesting theme. And number two, circumstance plays such a big part in, you know, what happens, you know, with shows. Right. And I, uh, you know, right around the time. And I'm not going to lie, uh, Jesse, you're going to have to convince me that Tunnel of Love and Lucky Town are good Springsteen albums. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they are. And that's really where I started to go sour. But mm-hmm. also around the time I started to work more professionally as a journalist and started, you know, understanding that I had to be broader and had to learn about more stuff and had to go see different shows. And if I was going to professionally, you know, be paid for this job, I had to be I had to be less biased and more fair and appreciate you know, everything from like, I don't know, boy bands to, you know, pop music to, to whatever, you know, so. And yeah. And circumstances just began to dictate that I didn't have the opportunity to see Springsteen tours. And even when he did stuff that I, that I desperately thought was so genius, like the ghost of Tom Joad and like doing Woody Guthrie songs and like folk music by himself and touring small theaters and all that. It just never worked out. And then it became like a superstition thing for me where I was like, I don't want to mess up Bruce's vibe. Like if I go (laughs) to see him, it's going to mess it up. And I had these beautiful memories of my early days. So I haven't gone back. And and I'll have to admit that I've never, ever been more tempted um, than to go see the River Tour. But again, circumstance played you know, into my hands that I was out of town when it came to DC. So I wasn't able to go. So I'm, I'm kind of following that now, not to be an apologist, but no, no, no. And I'm proud of my number seven. I've had several people say this on the show and I totally agree 
the the number of shows is not a accurate barometer barometer of your love for the music or the man. Absolutely. And so, but it is kind of a badge thing, and it's you kind of run and yeah. Uh, people don't if you aren't a Bruce fan, I think a lot of people go well. Why would you see anyone that many times? Uh, you know, there's people that have over 200. Uh, yeah. Dave Marsh, who has written several books by mm-hmm. him and mm-hmm. whose wife is Bruce's manager, um, you said that if you can count, you're an amateur, which is <laughs> such a typical Dave Marsh arrogant <laughs> right. statement. Absolutely. I <laughs> Nothing totally against agree. Dave Marsh, but he can be a little there sometimes yeah i would say more than a little i would would totally agree with you on that jesse and and you know when we met too just to kind of close the loop on this topic i was so touched by your story of your son um you and you and him going to the show and him being excited about it and i think so if you have a meaningful experience with springsteen it means a lot more sometimes than how many times you go oh absolutely and in a lot of ways, and I have said this before, you know, my son is, um, he's graduated from college. He is yeah. working. He just got promoted to a new role at his company. He is yeah. absolutely great. Um, but he doesn't read comic books and he's not <laughs> obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. So I feel like I got to see as a dad. Oh, no, we did go. We, did Still, go see, we went and saw Superman versus Batman, uh, Batman versus <laughs> Superman this last weekend together. And he was like, hey, Pop, there's no one else. We're going. Opening weekend, <laughs> you and me. And I don't uh, want to see it with anyone else but you. Yeah, That's exactly. Good, so that was great. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's it's funny, too, that you talk about that, Jesse, that, um, to you know, to kind of go back to the family thing. Um, I was uh, I was proud of myself if my parents, you know, my mom and my aunts, when I got to be in high school and and later years, if they were offended by the stuff I was listening to, I was so happy. That oh, was yeah. like, I did it right. Yeah. <laughs> this is what Sam Phillips meant, you know, yeah. like, it should upset your parents. So oh. that, that he, that he goes to shows is great. And, um, you know, I've taken my daughters to, I remember famously taking my daughters to a, um, to a Ralph Stanley concert, um, that I was reviewing because I just thought they need to see this icon of, you know, bluegrass, and they both fell asleep within like three songs. <laughs> so <laughs> I tried. Yeah, that's know. nice. Uh, you know, um, Penn Gillette talks a lot about that on his podcast about, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you shouldn't be listening to your parents' music. Exactly. You know, yeah. it, it is. And so, it is. And, um, and so it is that, that generation thing. Um, speaking of family, I don't know. Did you see the clip of Bruce dancing with his mom though at Madison Square Garden? I did not. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, there is. It's. It's absolutely. My wife, who is not a major Bruce fan. Yeah. And in fact, at times she will say, "Does it have to be another Bruce story?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, because now that uh, there's the tour one. and I'm doing the podcast, it's yeah. like. Does it have to be another Bruce story? Um, so I said, I promise you'll want to see this. And um, I guess she was at Madison Square Garden um, and she started dancing immediately. And there's a clip. There's two different um, scenes. But the first one I, I you end up seeing is they're, they film her dancing by herself. And then you go and you see Bruce on stage and he – motions to patty and uh steven because you figure steven and him have been friends for so long oh yeah. you know that's mama springsteen right yeah, yeah. to him and they start smiling so bruce comes over at the that's end of ramrod cool. and dances with her oh how nice and then that's he fantastic. he he whispers in her and they both turn their their they face their backs to the audience and they both wiggle their butts uh. <laughs> And, and my wife's like, okay, just how cute is that? This is ninety-year-old mom, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, sixty-six-year-old man actually. Yes, yeah, in fact, the kid was a yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Those Italians, man. Oh, that. exactly. Um, <laughs> you've got this superstitious about seeing him, and I also think yeah. 
Um, a little I, bit. I like your thought about circumstances because, mm -hmm. you know, when you're raising a family, you put your kids, you know, schedules ahead of yours. You do. Yeah. Uh, you know, because and I know you especially are feeling the sports love Absolutely. right now or yeah. the sports yeah. beatdown, depending <laughs> on the day, um, you know, and so there's there's Little League and sports and Cub Scouts yeah. and, you know, I don't you know, I was lucky or unlucky enough. I didn't have a girl. So I just understand in concept this, you know, gymnastics and yeah. ballet and, right. you know, and for this, us. Yeah. Soccer, you know, and, and although I will say in defense of those long drives for travel soccer, that's helped me catch up with set lusting. So I would encourage okay. very you. nice. And, you know, I, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to seem gushy, but Jesse, I think you're doing such a great thing um, around telling the human stories around Springsteen. You know, it, it means a lot. And I think Springsteen fans, you, you know, should really try to listen to your uh you know, your body of work as a whole, because it really weaves a fabric. And what I was thinking about um, when before I was, you know, I was trying to prepare is that, you know, I think Bruce has been a really good New Yorker throughout his whole life. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> when you think about the rising and you think about how he's been, <clears throat> you know, kind of an ambassador for New Jersey. And yes all these things, right? You know, he's been such a good, um, he's been, been such a good ambassador for the thing, for his roots and the things he, he came up with. And, and I think he's written in so many like American vernacular styles. And, and I was like trying to prepare meticulously for this. And, uh, I was thinking about how he, um, you know, imitated Sun Records sound on a lot of his outtakes and a lot of things, um, and uh, I'm hoping you're going to ask me about my favorite songs because I have a great, I have one story to to tell about that. But but um, you know, I, I just think he to me, um, he is on par with Bob Dylan as an American songwriter. I mean, I think he's that important. And you're you're doing an amazing job by bringing together so many disparate people to talk about their stories and 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 I thank you for letting me ramble on about Bruce cuz he means a lot to me. Well, you know, Patrick, that's I try to talk to the our fans and you know, people I I'm constantly I I spent a year as a life insurance uh salesman and I mm -hmm. was horrible at it. But <laughs> uh one of the things that they talk about is you're always prospecting. Right. You know, and right. I am always looking for guests i mean i am anytime i have someone you know posting a story or talking about it and and they'll say well i don't have anything to share and i go yes you do just i want to hear your springsteen story i want to hear yeah. about you you know being in convertible with your hair you know blowing <laughs> in the wind or exactly. Exactly. um and or you know, I have a young guy, Andre, who's 19. He lives in Canada. He just did a research paper on Nebraska. Um, mm -hmm. And he said, I'd send it to you, but it was in French. <laughs> and so in, in a couple weeks, he's going to be on and we're going to discuss Nebraska. And I told I told Jay, the liter you know, the teacher you're talking, I said, you know, I'd like once a month for us to kind of do a literary bent on springsteen as a poet or a storyteller and kind of cover it the way we would do in your english class and so yeah yeah and then just i just love getting the different people that um you know they're a wide range of people some people have never seen them some people have seen them over a hundred times but i don't know and i'm biased but i don't know if there's another artist that has this kind of passion i guess the grateful dead certainly had the people you know, following them, this whole cottage industry of, you know, right. tourism. But I don't know of too many others. Maybe Pearl Jam? Right, maybe. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. that's a good comparison. And I think um, The Grateful Dead, you know, is a really good comparison. Yeah. Um, Passion-wise and, and uh, you know, I, I think there are other people, um, but... You know, you could make some other arguments, but I but I think you're right. I, I just I don't think there are many people that worked on his level. 
And how many people have men maintained such a high quality level through all these years? You know, as we've talked about, I mean, he's still going strong. People are still excited about, um, you know, seeing the river tour. <laughs> at this yeah. point. That's kind of incredible. Yeah, it, it is. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, wrecking ball and magic, um, working on the dream, maybe not so much. I have a friend whose theory is, um, that he'll do a really good album. And yeah. If he does a follow-up album, not that much far away, that it's not as strong. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think it's really amazing. And, you know, supposedly he's got a solo album in the can that yeah come out. So. Well, you know, and and that's why I think you know, to me there there aren't any American songwriters. Um, you know, that are on par with him and Bob Dylan. And, you know, saying he's on par with Bob Dylan is pretty much saying he's invented as much of American vernacular music yeah. as an event. Yeah. I do. So um, you set it up perfect. Um, albums are songs that mean a great deal for you. Well, you know, I, I debated this, um, Jesse, today. And, um, yes. Well, and, and so I texted my wife and I said, um, What's my favorite Bruce Springsteen song? I was so stumped. <laughs> and she sent a couple jokes back at me. What we landed on, and I, and, and I'll I'll come back. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the name of the song, and then I'm gonna come back to it because I want to mention some others. But um, because it's you know it's like being in an apple orchard and asked to pick your favorite apple. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's impossible. So we landed on Rosalita, and I'll and I'll come back to that for for a couple of reasons, but. I want to mention a couple of other songs, um, probably one that that probably struck me the deepest of all the Springsteen songs that I know is on Born in the USA. Sorry, folks. And it's called I'm Going Down. And um, if you know this song, I'm sure people do. Um, I was a senior in high school when this album came out and had a girlfriend for a couple years. And if, if you guys go back and listen to the dad rock episode on born to run, you'll learn a little bit more about this person. But, um, she was, a you know, in retrospect, Jesse, really nice girl. Right. And I right. think probably wiser than her age because I was a year older than her. Uh, it was the late summer of 1984. The born in the USA tour was coming to, to the Washington area I had seen him in New Jersey and I was all about Bruce and I bought her a ticket and we were going and it was a big deal. But I was about to go away to college maybe like two weeks later. And I think that we both knew, wow, this is kind of, kind of coming to an end. And, um, you know, that song really means a lot to me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going down, you know, it's um, <laughs> about the souring of a relationship and how, you know, things that were once really exciting sort of lost their their um, flame. But, you know, we we managed to get up for it one more night. And like instead of being snotty and mean to each other, we actually sort of recognized that yeah, this is done. But why not, you know, like have fun in the moment we're in? Like I meant well by buying her a ticket and she loved Bruce and probably was more interested in him or like other people around me and was happy to you know, at least use, you know, use me as a thing. And so we kind of celebrated, you know, the good things about our brief fling. And when that happens in high school, it's really weird. But we sang along to the song like three times in a row. We kept rewinding it um, and listening to it again. I love I'm Going Down. Um, and the other one I want to mention, too, is um, Candy's Room off of um, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Uh I used to walk to school every day in high school and I would wake up uh, and uh, get dressed and go to pick up my friend and we would walk together. But before we would leave, we'd put on Candy's Room every morning to get kind of fired up. Like, <laughs> here's a tough song. Um, you know, we got to be like guys that women like. <laughs> that is great. Um, according to uh www.mybosstime.com okay i don't know if you've ever checked that out but it is what's that again it My is www.mymybosstime.com mm -hmm. okay. okay and it has a database and you pick 
the like in your case the seven shows you've seen mm -hmm. and then it will give you statistics really and like i have heard 44 percent of greetings from ashbury park wow is that uh, yes i've heard 100 percent so of born to run obviously 100 percent of the river but 92 percent of the born in the usa i'm going down is the only song i've never heard live <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the website right now, and I I just loaded it. Oh my God, this I'm never gonna leave this. This yeah. is fascinating. <laughs> so. Now I want to I want to I want to come back to Rosalita, okay. but I want I want to say one more. I want to mention one more really obscure Springsteen song. Okay. Or maybe not so obscure, but to me kind of unusual. Um, I love the tracks box set. If if fans yes. out there know that. It, it it contains some really really fascinating stuff for me like and and another reason jesse i compared dylan and springsteen is that dylan would often uh, you know he'd have a melody because he kind of he kind of grew up as a, a woody guthrie right. imitator right and in the folk tradition you would take a melody and you would change the words around i mean this is essentially how you know um this land is your land was composed right it was you know and the carter family did it all the time they took right. melodies and put different words to it and and dylan did it all the time because that was his tradition so he would take a melody and put three or four different sets of lyrics to it and on the track set you can really hear bruce doing the same thing right he has yes. different melodies that he puts different songs and and i would certainly encourage everyone to go on there and listen to the original version of um, born in the usa that he cut in the Nebraska sessions, but there's a song in there called Frankie and, and I knew it by another name. I can't remember what it was. I had some sort of weird bootleg cassette that, that, that guy, Jerry Richard, that I mentioned gave me. Yeah. Um, but I once, and I have to tell this story. So after I ended the relationship with, uh, the going, I'm going down girl, I was working later, uh, as I often talk about on, on the podcast at music land at a mall, and I had a crush on a girl that worked at the Hallmark store. So I thought it'd be really slick at the time to take, you know, the poetic lyrics of this um, song, Frankie, Bruce Springsteen song. And, and so I thought I was really slick. I went to the Hallmark store. I bought a card and I just totally stole Bruce's lyrics, like all of them. Okay. <laughs> and I said, for you. And I, you know, I, I wrote this card because I just wanted to go out with a girl on a date. Mm -hmm. Man, it like a charm it was a great it was a great thing um turned out we didn't hit it off but i still love that song very much <laughs> to this day that is awesome <laughs> yeah um and i think like johnny bye bye to me is one of the greatest springsteen songs uh ever because um what a brilliant sort of sun records homage that is and it's like a minute and 45 seconds and right. it's like Bruce expressing his feelings about the death of Elvis, which affected him very, very deeply. Yes. You know, in 77. And and man, what a great who what how much of an artist do you have to be to express your feelings that way? I think most people would, you know, go out and get drunk and and, you know, feel sad about it. But he actually focused all his feelings and made this incredible, you know, Sun Records like single. I just. So I'm going to I'm going to go back quickly to Rosalie. So I think that, you know, to me, to take a little step back, um, my first my first band was Kiss and I grew out of Kiss and I grew into The Who. And I remember when I started high school, The Who was like my big band. So, Patrick, which Kiss Kiss Alive, of course, <laughs> and, and Destroyer, right? Destroyer was my was my album. Yeah. Rock and Roll Over. Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Alive. Alive 2 was big for me. That yes. was my. My very first concert was Kiss Alive 2 tour. God bless my mother. May she rest in peace. She actually took me to that show. To this day, every time second, sorry, I have second a show. Yeah, uh, I talked about that. Foreigner was my first, but Kiss was my first real concert. Yeah. After I, if you had a cold, your <laughs> friends would go, you sound like Peter Chris on Beth. Awesome, Sing man. Beth for us. <laughs> Beth, I hear you. It was awesome. So. Oh. God, that was the best thing ever. Did you ever? I never did makeup. Uh, <laughs> I will confirm nor deny. Okay, we're gonna move on, Patrick. Let's do that. Um, 
and, and so when I was in high school, like the Who was my big band, but the Who was a rock band, you know, Jesse. They were they were like a hard rock band with yes, yes. with graphics and style and everything. And and Springsteen was a poet, you know. He was um he was a genius poet and you know, I'm not going to uh, deny the fact that I've not copped his his lines, you know, to try to be um to try to be more of a suave kind of romantic guy, you know, when I was interested in girls uh, for a long time. And I think, you know, uh, and many people have said this, but escape and freedom and finding a connection with somebody were, you know, obviously huge themes in his music. But to me, you know, and you can take Born to Run as an example, right? You know, we're, we're going to, like, get on the highway and we're going to get out of this town, you know, yes. to simplify it. But to me, it was a little different. I think that Springsteen represented personal freedom. He represented to me the fact that you could create a personal space with someone else and you could shut the world out that way. And that's what Rosalita always represented to me and, it, you know, kind of a crystallization, right? Come out now, Rosie, you know, like right off the bat, just if you can just get away from your family for a few hours and be yeah. with me, you know, we'll have a whole world there together. And just the fact that it's an epic song and, um, you know, you know, my car is stuck in the swamp swamps of Jersey. Oh. <laughs> I just want to get to you, but it's stuck. I'm gonna liberate you, compensate you. Right. I want to be your man. Right. Someday we'll look back on this and it'll all seem funny. Da na na. Yeah. And you know that that to me it just and it was epic and sprawling and the tempo changed and the mood changed and it was an opera you know to me essentially and 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 the thing that really crystallized it for me is that my youngest daughter who's now 16 that you know the big soccer player yeah, yeah. that's her favorite song like she said uh, to us you know like how many times. I mean, she's a Justin Bieber fan, right? But also she understands Springsteen in the same way and, and said to us, like, put that on. Like, that's a compromised piece of music. And 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 for me, that means a lot. You know, yes. I think she understands at the same age. She's trying to create that same freedom, even though, you know, what you and I grew up with, Jesse, as far as um, interpersonal relationships are so different. Like, you used, remember, you used to actually have to call up um, you know, somebody's house and speak to their parents before you actually got to the person you wanted to talk to. You couldn't like text them or Snapchat them. And, no, uh, no, you, yeah, it's, you it's had to ask. Yeah, and, you had to work uh, for that freedom. I talked in an earlier podcast of we were the 80s reboot overdrive, which is on the Southgate Media Network that I'm on with. And we went through movies of the 80s you know and picked our favorite movies and uh ordinary people is one of mine for nothing else than the timothy hutton scene where he calls elizabeth mcgovern and asking her for a date right and right. the joy yes. he shows when she said yes and now <laughs> so patrick i don't and i'm gonna sound like an old fart but hey this is dad rock <laughs> I don't know That's if right. kids do that anymore. I don't, I don't know if kids. Do. I think they, no, they text and go, "Hey, do you want to go out?" And but that you're you're sitting there trying to think what you're going to say, and you dial that number, and you're like, "Oh, it's not her. It's her dad. Oh no, can I talk to her?" And then you get there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who is it? <laughs> oh, it's Jesse. And then you're talking, and then when she says yes. There is such – and that movie shows that joy. You're just like, yes. Um, and so I I totally get that. I totally get that feeling. Um, and it is a song that is fun when he does it live, and there is such a joy in it. And you're right. It is this epic story, and that's just – yeah, well done. Good choice. Thank you. You know, um, your papa says he knows that I don't have any money. Yes. <laughs> what else can you say? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and I think, too, Jesse, to, to kind of, you know, hone down a little bit further on my connection, seeing him um, as early as I did. And I'm so thankful that I was able to see that 
you know, those tours um, twice on Born in the USA and um, several times after that. Um, and then seeing him in RFK Stadium, that was always like a gem that, you know, when he hauled it out, um, you know, at the end of the show, that really made me appreciate the people that, you know, had followed him from the beginning. But also it it was it Bruce, I think, for me, not only showed that um, poetry could be super passionate and super realistic and relatable to your life, but he also showed me that um, a concert can be a one of a, you know, one of a kind once in a lifetime experience. No matter how many times you listen to the record and how versed you were in the liner notes and how much of a geek you were about all the details and the players and everything, you can't replicate being there and having that one experience that he would provide you, whether it was a story or, you know, a, a different kind of a version of a song or a weird cover. Like I got to see quarter to three, you know, by Gary U.S. Bonds, or I got to see Bruce do like a Motown cover or, whatever it was like so-and-so came on stage or you know he like I, I remember in one of your podcasts you were talking about um Bruce uh, sort of letting the whole band walk off stage and he grabbed Patty and they did a acoustic solo version of Thunder Road at the end of a show like stuff like that you know yes. just changes your whole perspective and that that's what really made me understand the power of live music I think that's what I owe Springsteen more than anything else and what else could you be thankful for than understanding the power of live music? And I, you know, he's also an entertainer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think um, if you've, if you haven't seen him live, you've not seen it. So um, you have not. No. no. So what's it going to take you to go see him again, Patrick? Let's talk about <laughs> it. Pull up on, pull up on my couch. Talk to Dr. Jesse. <laughs> Um, I'll go see him with you in Dallas. All right, that sounds great. Okay, How about that right? That, that bring, would make that happen. That'd be awesome. I'll, I'll um, yeah. I'll bring my daughter and your son. We'll introduce them and we'll see what happens. There we go. Uh, that's so cool. How is the uh tour with the schools? Uh, you know, it's going well. I think we've narrowed it down to a few choices. Um, that seem relatively sane and reasonable so i'm hoping i'm hoping my daughter the soccer player um will have a decision made by the end of the school year and that i'd be i'd be really happy about that and uh my middle offspring mj is graduating in may so i'm i feel pretty blessed um front these days yeah very good thank thank you for asking and what's coming up on the dad rock you guys have uh taken a couple of uh, episodes off for other things going on. Uh, Mary's been doing wonderful. <laughs> she really has, yeah. And we were talking uh, with Mary today about uh, I think we might do a Violent Femmes Tuesdays with Mary because she's a big fan of that band, and and I was too. So um, we've actually got a couple of um, pretty interesting things coming up, and and one thing I'm really looking forward to is. Um, we had done an episode a while back on one hit wonders of the 1970s, and we're finally going to get to the 80s. And I have a lot of anguish to release, Jesse, on this oh, one hit Oh, that'll be fun. So it's going to be good. It, what would be a one hit wonder of the 80s that you would contribute? Oh, wow. Now you got me. I hate off to put the you on the No, I'd. Uh... Oh, I'll have to think real quick. Um, or, 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 or what I'm really going to do is Google, right? Because uh, <laughs> there's uh, a lot of songs that like you don't want to think about in the 1980s. And uh, Jim and I were talking about this. Like we were like, man, maybe we don't have enough for the 80s. And then we started talking about it. Like I was like, "Goody Two Shoes" by Adam Ant. And then he's yeah. like, "Tears for Fears." And then all of a sudden, it just started raining down on us. Well, wow. Mickey, right, has to be oh, one. My- God, Mickey, I forgot about that. Jesse, yes. Yes. Um, How many times have I seen that video in my life? Way too many. <laughs> oh, it's just too much. And, you know, what's funny is I just Googled, and VH1 number 100 is your friend of mine, Clarence Clemens and Jackson Brown. You know, I forgot all about that. Uh, yeah. And, the Red Bank Rockers. Yeah. So, um, wow, no, how very no. funny. You know, and one question I wanted to ask you, and I'm glad you brought that up, Jesse. Um, have you ever seen 
Um, did did you ever see or did you ever have any interest in seeing Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes? I have not, but I would love to see them. I um, was so lucky to once um, just sort of fall um, bass backwards, if we can say that on the podcast, yes. into a Southside Johnny New Year's Eve show. And it was incredible. I mean, this was probably sometime in the 90s, but you could really feel like that Jersey Shore spirit, you know, that kind of bar band, big band that Bruce mm-hmm. must have had in the early days. It was it was really cool. I I love the I don't want to go home. Yes. I just exactly. I, that is a song I just love. I love that the, the mindset and everything. So yeah, and it's interesting to me too. Um, how many and and this could be another podcast too. How many sort of performers, um, you know, formed in Bruce's wake? I mean, there are people like Southside Johnny and. Uh, you know, there was that whole um, Eddie and the Cruisers movie that was sort of, you know, loosely based on Bruce's sound. He's really created kind of an industry, um, which I think is fascinating. And um, there was a, you know, a few months ago, uh, we live in Falls Church, Virginia, and there's a venue called the State Theater that's not far from our house. And uh, my wife and I were, were sitting around and it was kind of a, a slow weekend. And there was a there was a show called Born in the USA that was the best. Apparently, it advertised itself as the best Bruce Springsteen tour, um, best Bruce Springsteen tribute show okay. in, in the U.S. And I was tempted, but I held back. I didn't uh, want to go <laughs> take my experience. But have you ever seen anything like that, Jesse? Have there, you ever... there actually is a local band. Uh, they call oh. themselves Thunder Road. Wow. Um, and... I, I went and saw them a couple, I guess about a month ago. There was a mm-hmm. double bill into the West, which was an Eagles cover band. Oh, wow. Or, and a tribute band. I'm not sure. I, you, you know, there's this whole, you know, do you try to sound like them or you just play their music? And Right. Um, so they were pretty good. And I'm hoping to get them where I can go to a practice and, Kind of oh, talk to them in rehearsal. Patrick, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? You know, Jesse, probably the best thing to do uh, is to reach out to Dad Rock. So you can find Dad Rock at dadrock.usatoday.com, um, dadrockshow at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter and the Facebook, and um, we have a hotline. Uh, but I think, you know, the best thing to do probably is um, is just send an email. Um, you can find me on Twitter at... Uh, the the Mr. Patty, so it's T H E M R P A T T Y, and um, look for me there. Um, I'm generally pretty responsive. I'm gonna reverse the okay. um, the love fest. I <laughs> I adore y'all's podcast. I thank you, Jesse. Um, there is, you know, I found you because you guys were talking about Born to Run, and um, I think the key to a podcast is you have to like the people that are talking. And you feel like you're in the room with them. And I love hearing y'all's discussion. I listened to the holiday episode a couple of times. Uh, y'all telling the stories of the different, um, you know, Christmas songs that you yeah. guys enjoyed. And and there were some really diverse ones. And that was a lot of fun. Um, I, we t- I talked to Jim. Right before I recorded him, I had listened to your Off the Wall episode, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I thought it was a great discussion to remind what a good musician he was. Yep. And yep. because I think the end of his life and the weirdness can distract from the music part of his mm-hmm. life. So mm-hmm. you guys, well said, well said. Yeah, you guys do such great episodes and it's it's Thanks. always diverse and a lot of fun and um so i'm so thrilled you're on here i i appreciate it a lot so you know i gotta close with we're gonna play some pool skip yeah. some school <laughs> act real cool stay out, stay all, night. out all night it's gonna feel all right. all right so rosie come out tonight little baby come out tonight windows are for cheaters Chimneys, Chimneys for the for poor. The poor. <laughs> Closets are for hangers. Winners use the door. So it use is. it, Rosie. That's what it's there for. Amen. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, 
fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.